Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. Better than most. Gotta love that call. We're approaching TPC Sawgrass Players Championship. We're going to get into all that and more in just a bit. But Michael Calamari back here on another episode of On the Green. Chris Hennessy, Andrew Galata, and Sam Davis calling in virtually a four-man podcast. The full time we've done this from the start and to the end of the episode. So really excited to do this. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited to be here. It's a big week, Players Week, the flagship event as they call it. And um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Guys, I missed last week, so I was really missing yeah, you it. You were down in Delaware. Yeah, we yeah. cut you Golf for a day. So. so yeah, exactly. So... I'm happy to be back. Should definitely be a lot of fun talking about the players. Yeah, Andrew, it's great to have you back, and I'm excited to have this four-man crew here. And, you know, other than the majors, the player, the players is, like, essentially a major, although it isn't. It's a huge tournament, so I'm super excited to talk about it and get into it all. Can yeah. I start with something that's not the players for a second? Yeah, go. Sam, you were playing a course by the ocean last week chatting yeah. about Ireland golf. Tell us about that. And then other Ireland golf. I forgot. Also, send yes. me some pictures so I can tweet them. We left you off, and you were about to go play a really nice, really nice course. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. No, I'll definitely send you guys some photos then. Um, but yeah, no, that that course on the water was. I can't even. Uh, I, I lost a lot of golf balls. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that um, because first of all, obviously it's it, it's on the water. That wasn't the issue. That it was beautiful. I loved seeing that. But the high grass, the rough was really difficult. Very high grass. It was uh, rolling hills. The whole course, uh, there was not a moment where I felt like I was on flat ground. It was constantly well, up exactly and down. you're not exactly playing in Scottsdale. You're playing, <laughs> playing in Ireland. Yeah, it's <laughs> not Michigan. Well, yeah, I know. But, like, it was, definitely, it was definitely probably the most challenging course I've played here for sure and maybe even I've ever played, to be honest. It was, it was, a, it was a tough course. Um, but the, the scenery was beautiful. It was a lot of fun. And then I played again... I played once more since then at a course I've already played at before. It's the second time there. So I improved a little bit second time around, getting to know a course a little bit better. But overall, you know, I got to send you guys some, some photos, you know, post them on Twitter and stuff like that. Sam, Sam, my question is, now that we have the players coming up, any holes that mimicked 17, maybe a little par three over the water? <laughs> Nothing quite like that. Like, well, I mean, the... The golf course I was playing at was on the water, but it wasn't only, you know, there's no island green. It's not only on the water. It's no, not yeah, that I, difficult. Yeah, I've played so. a couple par threes where you got to shoot over the water. I know. You know right. There's one on the island, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I played one at LBI. That's That was okay. kind of like that, but uh, I had to ask. And I, it's, yeah, uh, no, no, not at that course in particular. Actually, now that I think about it, one of the courses I played in so far here did have a, did have a whole, uh, a par three over the water. Um, it was shorter. I think it was like, it was like 120 yards. How'd you crazy. fare with that? Uh, I think I, I think I bogeyed it. So 
not right. not terrible. Not I, I I didn't the put it in the water. Didn't put it in the water. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of exactly. which a lot of people do on the professional stage, which uh, I th I'm sure we're gonna yeah, get I mean, into. I'm not gonna compare that hole to <laughs> 17. Sam Davis would um, make the cut but... at TPC Sawgrass. That's the conclusion. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the Players Championship, I do want to talk about Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill just finished up and. I know we were texting a lot um, in our little on the green chat we have uh, over the weekend. And Sam, you said something really funny. You were like, "Does anybody want to win this uh, win this tournament?" Because I think that's what really with the Sunday felt like. You know, I think a lot of people thought Hovland's it was going to be his to take, but he ends up shooting a two over in the fourth round. Scotty Scheffler shoots an even day on round four, and he's able to take it with five under. Chris, I'll toss it to you first. Maybe talk a little bit about your picks, but any uh, takeaways from the tournament? My picks were a disaster. Um, Oh, me too. Everybody's yeah, everybody. No so one's as good. Yeah, I'm happy okay. I didn't get a pick in this. Besides, besides <laughs> Messina, who just dropped in, like, yeah, Hovland plus fifteen hundred to win. He almost did, but yeah, I, you know, it's a little bit disappointing for Hovland. Obviously, him, you know, we talk about it in all of these other sports, whether it's you know um, Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold or or Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, him and Victor Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, and Matt Wolf will always be put together because they came out of college together. Uh, the three of them, and coming out of college, it was certainly the two Oklahoma State guys and Hovland and Wolf that you had your eye on because they won the mm -hmm. national championship, because they were on television, uh, and more Cal really wasn't. I believe he went to Cal, uh, either Cal or Stanford. I can't remember. Cal, smart guy. Cal, um, whatever, still smart. Um, and since coming on to the tour, obviously Colin has been the better player. Um, Wolf has had his issues. He's been very open with that, and hopefully he's able to pull back a little bit, but. Hovland's kind of in the middle, where he has won, can win, but he is a disaster around the greens, an absolute disaster. And out of the sand, too, 3 for 13 on bunker saves. Yeah, I mean, every time this guy went in the sand, it looked like me. It, it was a disaster, <laughs> and uh, he needs to improve on it. And he once joked after he won in Puerto Rico, Putacana, one of those places. I don't remember where it was. He was like, oh, yeah, like I won, but like my short game is a disaster. Well, that was 18 months ago, Andrew, and like – or even maybe even longer than that, and he still cannot get around, up and down around the greens. This is a U.S. Open style course, and he had a full blown collapse. Exactly, and that's what and how that's how it played on Sunday. It was really a Masters or not Masters, just a Majors level, uh, you know, tournament major level course, and you saw that throughout really the whole field. I was just doing some quick adding for the podcast. There was only two sub seventy scores on Sunday. They were twenty on Thursday. So just the crazy difference between, uh, you know, the the course and you know, what the players were facing between those kind of two days. And Scheffler just does enough to win and even par. And, I mean, to me, you kind of see it most with a guy like uh, Rory, who, you know, sh shoots 11 shots worse than he did on Sunday than he did on Thursday. So yeah, and it's crazy. Speaking of Rory, I think there was a quote where he, he felt punch drunk yeah, playing. Uh, and, yes. And that was it, it's almost it, Yes. And he, all, he also talked about how he feel like that's been his history at Bay Hill where he has a great Thursday and Friday and he just can't seem to do it on the weekends and, you know, shot 76 both on Saturday and Sunday. I was super excited because, Sam, I remember I was texting you in particular and I was, like, bragging <laughs> about my picks. And then Rory Yeah, because I faded him and you picked him. Yes. And, you know, I was I, not going to lie. I was sweating a little bit. I, I was nervous after 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 Friday looking at the, at the leaderboard and, and looking at how well Rory was playing, too. I mean, he was really just, you know, setting it on fire, completely, you know, cruising – and then Saturday and Sunday came along, 
you know, the, the greens, I think on Saturday and Sunday, especially Sunday, they were unbelievably fast. I mean, that was just the golf course, just looking incredibly difficult. It was one of those courses where, uh, I think as a fan, it was interesting and, and, and fun to watch, but as a player, you, you would hate it. Like absolutely hate it. So Rory, like, you know, with those comments after, I think he was just extremely frustrated. And I mean, that showed in the golf course, he was really letting his emotions, I think really be out there, which you're not used to typically seeing for, for golfers always, because golf is an incredibly frustrating sport, but a lot of times it's about keeping that inside, you know, re remaining kind of composed and Rory kind of, you know, that, that was not the case with him over the weekend. He was very, you know, emotional and out there in, in how he was struggling on the golf course on Saturday and Sunday. I think those comments reflect that, but uh, the one other thing too, in, in terms of, you know, kind of tying into how difficult Bay Hill was playing on Saturday and Sunday was I, I think Scheffler just kind of, you know, Andrew, you mentioned it just shooting even par. Uh, he only had one three putt all tournament. I think that's huge. I think when you, when you limit your mistakes, when you just kind of, you know, he was one under on the back nine, which I think was impressive considering how hard Bay Hill was on Sunday. So overall, he just, I, I, I think, you know, didn't let the highs get too high or the lows get too low. He kind of just stayed in that consistent, you know, form of golf, which ultimately, you know, made the difference. That was going to be the guy that was going to win versus, you know, we saw so many, you know, I mentioned Rory, you know, Woodland as well. Uh, Eagles, you know, takes the lead. And then that that shot out of the bunker, Chris, you said, you know, uh, Hovland looked like you out of the bunker. I think Woodland looked like every amateur golfer out of the bunker at some point in their life when they hit it and it doesn't go anywhere and they have to hit it out of the sand again. I, I, I that was really rare, something I don't you never see from professionals. So uh, I, it was shocking to see that. It was shocking to see all these golfers have so many chances to win this tournament. And it, it comes down to somebody that's able to kind of limit the mistakes and just cruise a little bit and, you know, play decent enough golf like Scheffler did to be able to win. Yeah, I think it's really uh, when you talk about how tough it was Sunday, scoring average on the final day, 75.5. I think that's been the highest number so far this season. And Chris, you've mentioned the Florida swing before. You're really starting to see these courses get tough. You know how tough PJ National is. Now you see it at Bay Hill and then around the corner you have TBC Sawgrass with the players. So it's becoming the season where, you know, it's testing these players. You see Scotty Scheffler winning with five under. And uh, prior to that, the PGA National also a very low score when Sepp Straka took it. So it's just, you know, it's interesting to see these players win with these scores and also the way the Sunday panned out where I think Sam or Andrew mentioned it, only two players under even, which is uh, insane. And uh, almost everyone in the top of the league, Victor Hovind had plus two on round four, Billy Horschel plus three in his round four, Gary Woodland won over in his round four. All these guys in the top five had mediocre days on Sunday, so... It's really interesting to look at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and see how it shakes out and then also think about what to expect from the players. For sure, and I think it is always interesting when you see a tournament have a lower score, 18-hole score, than 72-hole score, which is what we saw. We saw Rory shoot 7-under on Thursday, and the winners, winning score come in at 5. That that was very interesting to me as well, and it is a tough course. It always has been a tough course, and um, <laughs> I think... John Rahm missing the 10-inch putt was kind of the <laughs> the highlight of the weekend because yeah. he there's clearly frustration, and understandably so, right? I mean, it's a hard, difficult course. Now, this is a guy who is the number one player in the world and just won the U.S. Open, so you'd think he'd have a little bit more resolve than that, but he also had a bomb diffuser come and talk to him because he's a psychopath. So, <laughs> you know, who knows with this guy, but... 
I think when you look towards the players, it has always played as an easier event than Bay Hill, uh, especially because it's par 72 as opposed to 70. Uh, so if the scoring average is the same, the shots will the the score will look like it's twelve shots or not twelve eight shots, um, eight shots easier than uh, Bay Hill because it's a seventy. So I think overall it, it was uh, it was good week. It was a fun fun stretch on Sunday, um, and looking forward to the players and some of uh, some iconic moments as you mentioned uh, in the Open. So. Uh, always a fun event, and um, my favorite, also seeing a John Ron being a psychopath, my favorite player's moment of all time is when he ha- he was in a bunker, and his caddy was like, let's lay up. He's like, no, I want to go for the green, and didn't even come close, and dunked it in the water <laughs> is my favorite moment of all time, so very excited for this week. Yeah, it should definitely be a fun week. Before we move on to it, I definitely, you got to talk about Scotty Scheffler. Two out of his last three starts, he's won, and he's definitely sure. playing his best golf of his young career so he's someone to watch out as you know players on onward really the rest of the season he's he's very very hot right now yeah and I think something interesting with that is when you look at you know last year uh Bryson DeChambeau winning the Allner Palmer Invitational finishing top three in the players so there's a history of guys having success around this top uh time of year and translating think about Lee Westwood he was a runner-up in the Arnold Palmer Invitational he went uh, on to be top five in the players the next um, tournament so there definitely is that translation when you're playing good golf right now it's going to translate into the next weekend so I think it's a good time you know to talk about the players you know you've got to give it a lot of attention because many would say it's kind of that it's the next step up to him if you're not quite a major it's the players I think it's right there so it's actually sixth behind the Travelers Championship you think yeah Dude. you think I, no, I, I'm joking I'm just oh you are <laughs> no <laughs> my favorite my favorite events on tour Travelers well, have you ever you, been Sam I remember you told me you got no I haven't travelers. actually I oh, haven't it's so I haven't much been fun. able to so much fun but um, I've wanted to very badly, but sorry, I, that's off time. I think, the, but I, I, when I think about the majors, I think I like watching the players more than a lot of the other ones because also this is the time of year where there's no baseball going on. I'm going to be watching mm, baseball that's a lot. The whole, that's the, the whole summer now. So, so yeah, there's no <laughs> baseball going year. on for the rest Golf, of the year. Well, now, now, now I might over. be a little more locked into the open than I was before. There's no more baseball ever again. Since <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, we're forever. bleeding into the nosebleeds podcast, Sam. We got to stay on, on <laughs> we got to stay on the green. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Um, no, yeah. So I, I love the players. I love watching 17 and outside of 17. There's some great holes. 18's fantastic. There's so many fun holes. I can't remember the number, but there's, um, I think it's a par four, and there's water in between the green. And the fairway. I yeah, think that's that's the whole Rom lost his mind yeah, on. I think it's fifteen. Yeah, so that there are a bunch of great holes uh, in this golf course. It's a terrific watch, and there's also some great groups that I, you know you gotta highlight when you think about them. I know Justin Thomas. I think he's paired with Con Morikawa. There's a bunch of other ones we can talk about, but um, Sam, I'll go to you first. You know, just expectations for this weekend. What are you maybe looking out for? Yeah, so first, you know, looking at some of the pairings, like you mentioned just there, I just wanted to follow up on those. Yeah, Justin Thomas, Morikow, and Rory as well in that yeah, group. Yeah, that's a great yeah. three. Spieth, Spieth, DJ, and, and Berger, that's another interesting group as well. And then Victor Hovland and John Rahm will be paired together in a group. So uh, some really interesting groups. And, and I think it just highlights, uh, you know, the field for the players and how deep the field is. I mean, there's really every single golfer you can ever think of outside of, 
you know, unfortunately Tiger Woods and then, you know, Phil Mickelson as well as another big name that you think of. But outside of those two guys, I, I think just about everybody else is at this tournament. Yeah, I know Bryson, Bryson yeah, already said yeah, he's not playing. He, yeah, those yeah, three are the only ones really not playing. Yeah, I just thought about that as I as I said those two. But, you know, really the, 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 uh, the field is incredibly deep, which makes it really exciting. And, and, and talking about TPC, you know, I, I think when you have water on just about every hole, when you have these really challenging holes, it, it opens up. One of the things I like most about golf and watching, especially on Saturdays and Sundays, is that you get different, you know, playing philosophies out there when guys are, you know, whether they be trailing, whether they be leading, and that, and that determines their, you know, the risk they take, how aggressive they are in certain holes, how conservative they decide to play on certain holes. I think overall, to me, that's really exciting to watch, like, the game within the game almost and, and watch these guys go about it, whether they be leading heading into Sunday or whether they be, back a little bit more heading into Sunday and how that determines how they attack the golf course. And you can see, I think this, this uh, TPC has the opportunity for, you know, there are bogeys, there's double bogeys. There's even worse out there on the golf course for certain golfers to get, but there's also some really good birdies and, and maybe even some Eagles and opportunities for guys to shoot up the leaderboard as, as well. So I, I think when you have a course like that, uh, I, I, it just makes it really exciting for the potential of, you know, what can happen on Saturday and Sunday, because, you know, whoever is leading, you know, they still might have to go out and be very aggressive on the golf course and attack, the, uh, you know, a, a, a attack and not be afraid of the water or whatever it may be, you know, weather conditions as well play into it, especially in Florida. So overall, that's the biggest thing I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, outside of the stacked field, which is obviously makes it really exciting, you know, to have just about everybody you want, you know, playing in the tournament, but also, how the golfers are going to go out and, and attack this golf course. That's what really interests me. Yeah. And I'm looking at, um, you know, if you talk about attack, like the, the pin placement at 17, I think that's really interesting because I think it's Sunday that has the one where, you know, the, um, the greens going into the hole and it's right near the water. So, you know, that usually comes down to it when players decide to attack the pin or they play conservative that hole. And especially right around the corner, 18, I know you can play close to the left in fear of going in the water, um, or you play it out to the right and have to play back into the to the green. So when those start things happening, I remember last year Justin Thomas hit like a rocket right near the water and barely got away with it, but he ended up paying off. He wins. So that's the type of stuff I'm watching on. That's why you know I love this tournament. I'll just take three from the drop zone. That's you. Yeah, I'll just start with number three right here. Because... Well, isn't isn't that the thing? Like, um, some not everyone takes the drop at uh, 17 if they put it in the water. You have. Two? You uh, no, you can. Can you? Because you, you can't. It, well, there's no point going back to the tee because you still have to hit it over the water. And you, I guess if you don't have that shot in your bag, you can go back. That's to the, the thing. Tee? Like, do people are more, people more comfortable with a 60, a 60, you 70 yard have chip? To though, I, have to. I might be mistaken. I guess we'll find out this week. But I'm pretty sure you <laughs> have to um, go to the drop zone, which is like, yeah, a weird kind of like floppy chip. But it, that green is just impossible. Last year, it was like comical. Remember, it was like concrete. Like, well, I remember yeah. it was like every single ball. Like, it was like, oh, it's a nice shot, and right. then it just trampoline off of the. Well, the wet. It, it's interesting. The weather forecast. It's supposed to rain a decent amount, uh, at least early on in the week. In That's the week, good. like Thursday, Friday. So that would help, I think, make the greens a little bit slower because you know in Bay Hill they were unbelievably fast too. So you you know that that yeah I I think you know maybe the weather will help these golfers out a little bit. Yeah, Bay Hill this week was like ch trying to chip onto a sidewalk, but if yeah. if it rains a lot, which it looks like it's going to, 
they'll, they'll be able to stick it on 17, no problem. And, you know, that's unfortunate for us because it's fun to watch yeah, them bounce like, it into the water. Like watching the bowling um, alley where it's like... It, that's why I, I had a blast watching this on Sunday. I have it recorded on my DVR, and I, I watched it again this morning just to prepare. <laughs> you like to like, see, this is uh, awesome. You like to see oh, players yeah, struggle yeah. like, like us. Yeah, love, yeah. I love the Golf is Hard compilations on, like, YouTube that the yeah. PGA uh, puts out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I... Th- the U.S. Open is one of my favorite events of the year. I think that is the most fun golf to watch because if like, because think about it this way: like we watch, like you're wearing a Max Scherzer T-shirt. Yes, I am. He's never gonna pitch for the Mets. I'm sorry. You have a Max Scherzer jersey already, or a T-shirt? Sure. Yeah, in black. <laughs> sorry, I had to. Sorry, I had to pick sorry, it up. That's off off topic. Anyway, Going like you you too, you want like Bryce Harper to struggle? Like you want to watch like. Scherzer grind through it and Harper to struggle and like this this crazy at bat between these two guys. Ninety percent of the time you turn on golf, it's just guys being incredible. Yeah, right. Like you don't always see in other sports because somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. It's kind of like oh, like well, if everybody just hits the green, everybody puts it in, and everybody's at twelve under par through two days. It's like okay, well, this is kind of boring. U.S. Opens, uh, Bay Hills, the players when it's playing hard, which it does, maybe it's not going to this weekend. Um, those are more fun to me, where it's like everybody is grinding, and you find out like who who has that resolve. And I think we found that Scheffler has it through Ryder, through Waste Management, and now through um, Bay Hill, where it was an absolute grind out there. His short game stood the test, and Hovland's didn't, and that's why I think you have to consider him uh, to finish top 20-ish. Uh, in uh, Top 10 certainly could, could also be a possibility. In this event, because you have seen how when the when the going you know when the going gets tough kind of thing, where he he has that short game to to really pull it together. Yeah, I, I think that it's a uh, really Andrew. I'll let you go in a second, but I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I do want to get into that though. Uh, we're going to try a new segment. We kind of did it last time, Chris. This is all your idea, which I really like. Uh, we're going to you know go with a favorite, someone we think would be. Uh, when I say favorite, I think who do you think is the favorite to win? So it'd be someone you think that is the best bet um, to be a pick to win. Uh, then we'll do a dark horse. So a dark horse would be someone you think would be. I would say Chris. Would you say top twenty? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, look at the odds in yourself, and you know, I I have my guy is plus three hundred to finish top twenty. Okay, so maybe someone that's not a favorite to finish top twenty, and then a fade, someone who's probably a favorite to make the cut that you think might not. So, uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first, and you can also, you know, give some of your thoughts on the tournament. Uh, we'll we'll have you. We'll go around with a favorite, and then we'll just keep going until we finish up with the fade. Yeah, just a just one quick point. Shout out ESPN Plus because on ESPN Plus this weekend you'll be able to watch every group if you oh, yeah. want I'm to. So excited. I was going to say that you can like watch the Rory group yeah. if you wanted, and then to. you can That's switch awesome. around. So it's not like you're being controlled. They by, also like, start Thursday broadcast. morning at like six a.m. Yeah. So I'm like getting ready for class. I'm like, ooh, golf! <laughs> it's, it's the it's best. Perfect. That's it's why so, I love it. Yes, so I, I can wake up at any hour. It's perfect time for me too because oh, it's like is, the yeah, middle yeah. of the day. It's the only turn. It's the only thing you know. I'm sick of these, ba- you know, basketball and all these other sports. They start at like midnight because of the time change. But for me, these sports are you know, golf starts at a decent hour. It ends at a decent hour. You know, obviously it's a little later in the day um, than you guys. But overall, I can't complain with the with the time either. So that that's just the first thing I wanted to say. So because you get to literally watch whoever you want, so it's kind of you know choose who you wanna, you know who you want to see in a particular hole. So obviously that's really really cool. But the winner I have here, the kind of the favorite for me, has to be Morikawa. I mean he is just so so good. I love watching him, uh, you know, do his thing. Last year he only finished forty first, but he finished on Sunday with a sixty six. 
uh, which was that day's high. And usually that's something that you kind of need in the players to have some success there before. So even though he finished 41st, played really well on Sunday, and he he's really just, you know, hasn't finished outside of the top 10 in any tournament this year. That's all I have to say. So he's my best bet. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good pick. I guess I'll go um... – I'll go uh, uh, second here. Uh, I've also got Kyle Morkow, so I guess it makes sense for me to go. All right, I'm switching my pick. What, did you have him? Yep, I'm switching it. Well, I, I think he leaped Rom on the odds, which was a surprise to some people, yeah. and that makes me kind of like him a little more. I okay. also just love the iron play from him, and if the putting surface is going to be better than it was against Bay Hill, then yeah. that's just another reason I take him. The question mark's always been the putting with him, and I'm, I think especially with the course with a lot of water – uh, like TPC Sawgrass, something's telling me to take the guy who's great with the irons, and I don't think the drive distance is that big of a deal at this course. So um, I'm all in on uh, Morikawa. I'll let uh, Sam go as Chris tries to maybe find a new, uh, new favorite. <laughs> as Chris scrambles for another pick here. Uh, mine's going to be Rom. Uh, you know, I, he was ninth at the players last year. He, he shot 73 on Sunday, and he still finished ninth um, you know, last season. So he's he's got three top tens this year. You know, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I was looking at guy. You know, I, I looked at Morikawa, and you know that was definitely a name I thought about. But for me, um, I, I think Rom, you know, steps up in big time tournaments, and this is a big time tournament. So I, I could see uh, Rom. You know, although he is the favorite, I, I think he's he's certainly you know uh, a guy that's going to get in the get in the top ten for sure, and definitely has a has a good chance of winning the tournament. I like Cantlay at plus two thousand to win and plus four hundred to finish top five. That's my so that, go. Wow. That, is that is that a favorite? That's a favorite. That's a, that's my favorite. Yes, that's my pick, if you will. And I pick to win. Patrick Cantlay, that guy's a killer, man. I mean, I think I think he like he's not as good as Colin Morikawa, but no. I think he's got he's got that resolve. He's got that short game. His, his irons are dialed into. Um, I do think he has a chance. I'm not just saying that because I had Morikawa and I didn't want to make it three of us. Um, but <laughs> also, I, I kind of like. Kepka too. Kepka's his, interesting. His odds are his pretty odds low are, for Kepka. Yes, yeah. I mean, they're not like that low. I think they're like thirteenth or something. Four, plus four thousand during the three thousands. Plus four thousand to win. It just went down actually. Yeah, plus four thousand to win. Plus three fifty to finish top ten. Which just seems like the odds is. I feel like those may be good odds for him, just because certainly he's usually not that yep. low. So he obviously hasn't been playing, you know, his best golf, but he's. You know, I think he's finished third in – I forgot where, uh, but he finished third pretty recently. So maybe he's a guy, I would say, besides Morikawa that could also, uh, you know, be a good bet. Um, Yeah, I, I definitely think he's in the cards. Um, But I do want to transition uh, to Dark Horse. I'll lead it off, and then we can go around uh, Andrew, Sam, and Chris. Uh, I like Cameron Young. He's my odd Wake Forest alum. He's also from my high school, so that just makes me uh, – want to pick him even more uh, for him <laughs> prep. I think he's in the cards to be, you know, a rookie of the year kind of guy. He's second this season behind Rom and shots gained off the tee. I love that. He was second in the Genesis Invitational. Uh, so he's definitely had some um, good finishes. He was also tied for 13th in the Arnold Palmer, and he was even Sunday. So I like that even more playing up to the challenge. He's playing the best golf of his career probably now. Just came out of the Corn Ferry, so he's not really a guy that's used to the PGA Tour, but you know, I'm all for someone making a name for themselves, especially at the players. Uh, do I think he's a winning guy? No, but that's what the dark horse is about. I'm picking someone that I think Cameron Young could easily be in the top 15 uh, at the end of the tournament. 
This one, it's a big name, but he hasn't played well of late. And for me, I think that this could be his weekend, kind of a dark horse. That's Jason Day Oh, for me. Because for, he just withdrew from the Honor Palmer Invitational, unfortunately, because his mother just passed away uh, due to cancer. So he's going to be playing with a heavy heart. He just entered into TPC, so he should be playing. But we'll see kind of how he is mentally after his mother just passed away like a week ago. Uh, so we'll see if he plays. But... He's a guy that will be playing with a really heavy heart, and if he has any motivation to play his best golf for his family and his mom, this this could definitely be a tournament for him. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's a great pick, first of all, Andrew. I didn't even think of that. Um, I like Will Zalatoris. You know, I think I think he came Ooh. up last week. He was my he? dark horse. He was, okay, okay. And he was, was top say, five thought... in um, in the standings at Arnold Palmer after day one. I yeah. think he even might have been, yeah, like, yeah. second behind Rory, and that's when I was telling you my picks are great, and then. Shot yeah, no, Got to play all four days. Yeah, shot he, a seventy nine on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he shot seventy nine on Sunday exactly, and seventy on Saturday. So, uh, you know, that's I think that's part of the spirit of the dark horse. You know, it, it, it's obviously up and down. He's a young player, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, he's plus four thousand uh, to win, um, but I, I don't I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But I I think he does have the potential to roll out some pretty good scores. He shot uh, minus six last year at the Players, so that's you know, no round over 71 at the players last season. So fairly consistent, you know, played pretty good golf um, and, and easy, young, easy young player and an exciting guy to watch. So for me, that that's my dark horse. I got Zalatoris. As I said, my dark horse is plus 300 to finish in the top 20, and that's Justin Rose. I feel like he's just a veteran guy, played yeah. the course a ton. I think he's a Florida guy too. I mean, he's from, he's from England, but I think he lives in Florida now. Um so Justin Rose, I feel like you know you mentioned Lee, Lee Westwood and Justin Rose. They're you know for us kind of interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like you know he just kind of similar thing where he's been around for a long time. He knows his way around around this place. They play it every single year. It's a huge event. So I think he has a good chance to finish in that top twenty spot. Um, good pick. I time translated uh, our um, shift gears into fade guys. So like I mentioned, someone that you think could easily get cut. If not, they're finishing at the bottom of the guys who make the cut. Uh, I'll start it off again. I've got Patrick Reed as my um, my pick. Uh, has not been pay- uh, playing amazing golf uh, to start uh, so far this season. 28th in the world's ranking, but uh, two, uh, 203rd in shots gained off the tee, 193rd in driving distance. And uh, I don't think the driving is a massive deal. Uh, for this course, but it's still something I'm keeping an eye out of. Just not been having a great start. I think he's slipping in the world rankings, so he's someone that uh, uh, I'll pick as my fade. For me, it's Jordan Spieth, a guy that historically does not play well at the players. I, th- I think he missed four out of his like seventh cuts out of the, out of the uh, tournaments he's played there. So a guy that's historically just not played well, and for some reason he's still among the best odds to to win the the championship. I think he's 14th here or tied for tied for maybe 12th on this list here at plus 4000. So for him that's kind of my guy that I could either see him miss the cut or at the bottom. Yeah, so for me, you know, when I look at a fade, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking at it. I I think th- I think this guy is going to make the cut. Um but he's one of the, you know, closer to the top of the favorites in terms of odds to win the tournament and I don't think he's going to come within you know definitely not the top five i but also not the top 10 i don't think and that's victor hovland and i know he played well last weekend at bay hill but you know the short game is what really i think just concerns me when i look at him 
And, you know, he hasn't won in the U.S., uh, you know, ever in the PGA Tour for him in his career. So, you know, his ability and his lack of ability, I should say, you know, around the greens and especially in the sand as well, I think could create some real problems for him heading into this weekend. So Hovland is my guy that I think I'm going to fade here. My pick is um, Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel is plus 200 to miss the cut. He finished tied for second last week, um, but he has not played particularly well here. He's never finished in the top 10. The highest he's ever finished is 13th. He missed the cut in 2013 and 2017, finished in 58th last year. I don't see him as a huge threat uh, this week at all, and he has decent odds. Obviously, he, he played very well last week. Uh, he is 31st in the FedEx Cup and has two top 10 finishes this year, putting together a very good season, but I do not think this is the week for the Florida, Florida-born uh, American. A lot of good picks. I think that is also a good pick. Um, I'm going to be really excited to watch this Players' uh, players Championship. Any um, Before we finish up, does anybody maybe have a take heading into this player, something they're especially excited to see, a certain player they're especially excited to watch, maybe someone you didn't pick that you, you might want to mention? Chris, I'll start with you. Shane played very well last year. Shane Lowry. Uh, didn't play at Bay Hill. Obviously, we talked about the Honda situation. So excited to see how he bounces back. For me, two things. I'm happy that this weekend I'll actually get to watch this tournament. I was in Delaware last week, so really couldn't catch, especially the beginning few rounds, couldn't really catch a, a lot of last week's Arnold Palmer. So I'm happy that I'll be able to tune in here this weekend. So that's just personal. But for me, I, I just love seeing the players because you get that big field and you really get to see the best golfers. It's really the first tournament of the year where you get to see that expanded field, that kind of majors-style field. So that's what I'm really excited to see. I got to mention Justin Thomas because, you know, obviously defending yeah. champion, no one has ever repeated, you know, uh, at the players as champion. So that should be interesting to watch. I'm very curious to see how he's going to play. You know, uh, obviously no other guy is going to be as confident with the course probably as he will be considering that he won it last year. So that's going to be interested to see how he fares along with a very loaded field, but he's one of the bigger names in that field. So for me, that's, that's a guy outside of my picks there that I'm looking forward to seeing for sure. Couple more, two, two more things. Tiger Woods is getting inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame this week, next week, this Didn't week. Know that. Uh, yeah, so he'll be. I mean, obviously, they should name the Hall of Fame after him. But <laughs> uh, so no brainer. But I assume the first ballot. Although I don't really know how it works because obviously he's still playing. But yes, he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and he had the greatest tweet of all time. Yes, uh, last you week. Love that because tweet. this is the greatest tweet of all time. <laughs> um, so the Player Impact Program. Uh, uh, results got announced, I guess you would say, uh, where they're giving eight million dollars to the person, to the player who made the most impact on growing the game uh, through a million different things. But they really harped on the social media. So you think that Max Homa would be up there? He wasn't. So it, there's been a lot of confusion about kind of how it went down. But Phil, back in January, said that he won the pip. The PGA Tour was like, we're not announcing who won it. You're not going to know. And Phil was like, I won, guys. I did it. Uh, and this was in January. It's for the full calendar year of 2021. And everybody's like, okay, I guess Phil won the pip. Then all the Saudi stuff happened, and nothing really happened. We just assumed that Phil got his $8 million, and everybody moved on with their life. Turns out Tiger won the pip, and it was conveniently announced on Wednesday just before Bay Hill and just after Phil kind of dropped the whole Saudi thing. Um, so very conveniently announced Tiger Woods screenshots the Phil, I won the pip tweet with the double shrug emoji and whoops in all lowercase letters. 
maybe my favorite tweet of all time. I'm considering having it framed because uh, it's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> That's so Tiger too. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, very funny. So uh, they they said it was a late push from Tiger, which makes me think that that video of him swinging the club and then him playing in the event with his kid are the two things that got him over the edge. With maybe a little help of the PGA Tour, didn't want to give Phil, Phil Mickelson any po- uh, positive pub after the Saudi thing. Well, so. either way, it's an amazing tweet. I love how me and Sam had to like ask you to explain to us like <laughs> three different times <laughs> over in our on the yeah. green chat. But that is definitely a classic Tiger moment. Um, going back to the players, before we wrap up, I'll just give some people I'm watching them for. Justin Thomas, winner last year. I think he's a clear guy. And Dustin Johnson, uh, love what he's done. Um, ever since winning the you know the Masters 2020, you know he's always been um, a guy to watch out for. So I'm excited to see him play. He hasn't been playing a lot recently, so you know that's going to be fun to watch out for. But I think that's going to do it. Another episode of On the Green in the books, our third episode. So um, really exciting that we're doing this weekly. Um, we'll be back next week. I won't be here, but Chris, he's going to be holding it down with Andrew, going to talk about the players. So really exciting. Definitely tune into that episode. And um, watch the players this weekend so we can uh, we can talk about it and you guys have an idea of maybe what we're talking about. But uh, once again, this is On the Green, a production of WFUV Sports.